Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39, where the Bible here talks about, and this might be a sound like a strange verse of scripture for a first uh, year sermon of the new year, but bear with me. Matthew 6, uh, 26 verse 39 says that he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. If you're not familiar with the story, this is when he was in Gethsemane just before he was going to be crucified. And uh, he went and actually asked, well, he's going to pray it right here. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He was about to go through something he did not want to go through, and yet he was willing to do it if that was God's will for him. I want to be to that place. I'm not at that place, but I want to get to that place where I can look at the most horrible things that might come into my life and say, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but thine be done, because if somebody can be benefited, think about this for a moment. We've talked about this over the years, but every one of us here today or tuning in online or will watch this in the future online. Incidentally, talking about online, if you did not listen to a couple of weeks ago, Wednesday night, you need to log in and listen to my um, interview with Brother Doug Mackey and his testimony. What a beautiful testimony Doug Mackey has. It will bless your soul. Amen. But Jesus was going through one of the most difficult times uh, of his ministry and of his earthly life at any rate. And he was calling upon his father as a man in the flesh saying, is there any way I can get out of this? And we all go through hard times, don't we? We all would like to have our life ahead of us be easy, wouldn't we? Let me tell you that it's not going to be. Because Jesus himself warned us and said, in this life you shall face tribulation and persecution. But then he said, be a good cheer. Why? Because he said, I've overcome the world. And if he overcame it, you and I can overcome it. So he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, Oh my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And now let me just throw out here, before I get going, what cup he was asking to be delivered from. Because oftentimes, at a quick read, we would think that he's asking to not have to go through a crucifixion. Lord, if it be possible that I would not have to be crucified, let this cup pass from me. He was not talking about a crucifixion. Do you know what he was talking about? I'll tell you what he was talking about. He was looking at a cup, and in the cup was all of the sins of all of humanity, past, present, and yet to come. And he was a sinless man. He had never experienced the feeling of guilt or of shame. 
because he had never at this point done one thing wrong. The Bible tells us he was in all points tempted like we are, yet he did never, he never gave in to the temptation and resisted it, and he was pure. Go ahead and clap. Thank you, Jesus. And so when he took a look at the cup, what he saw in the cup was your sins and my sin. Now, my sins are enough to make any man feel bad. And I'm not talk, talking about the sins I did yesterday or last week. I'm talking about my lifetime's worth of my sins. And this isn't in my notes, but I just have to talk to you about it for a moment because we're going to be having communion here shortly. And I need you to understand something. You have all experienced that feeling of guilt and shame. Whether you did it alone, whether you uh, had someone discover what you did wrong, and there was that feeling, that heaviness, that sorrow, that ache that you felt for that one thing you did wrong. Well, wait a second, my friend. Add that to all of the other times you felt that shame and that uh, 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 burden of guilt, uh, all those times put together, and then add the persons next to you into that and the person next to them, and then add the, everybody that's alive today into that cup of guilt, and then add everybody that lived last generation and the generation before that, and then go all the way back to Adam and add all their sins to the cup, and then go forward to everyone that is yet to be born and commit sin and add that to the cup, and that is the guilt Jesus looked at when he said, can this somehow pass from me? Because I have felt shame and personal disgust for myself for some of the things I have done and thought about. And he took all of that, and he took all of yours, and he took all of everybody's and laid it on himself as the chief sinner. Think of the most wicked person. Jeffrey Dahmer's sins were in that cup. Hitler's sins were in that cup. Not just the ones that would repent, but that whosoever will could come. Everybody's sins. He laid it on himself, and then he marched up Calvary's hill and crucified those sins on the cross. My friend, that's why you can have your sins washed away. You wonder why I love him? You wonder why I will live for him. You wonder why I will give my life for him. You wonder why I will not be turned away. You wonder why I will be in church every opportunity I get. You wonder why I lift my hands to say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood you shed. You wonder why I clap my hands. You wonder why I shout. You wonder why I will not use his name in vain. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. I want to preach to you today a message entitled, All In. He went a little further. He fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. I want to talk to you about being all in as we face this new year. You know what the old saying is, right? When the, tough, when the going gets tough, 
the tough get going. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Jesus. When the going got tough, he stayed. He didn't get going. He stayed right there. He drank from the cup. He marched up Calvary's hill. He faced that dragon head on and went to Calvary. When the tough gets going, the real tough stay and fight it through. Huh? The real tough stay around and keep pressing on. He went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, oh my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. According to the Bible, this statement Jesus made in Matthew 26, the Bible tells us in Matthew 26 that Jesus could have called on a legion. In fact, uh, he could have called on 12 legions of angels. The Bible tells us that the father made available to him 12 legions of angels. And in case you don't know what a legion is, a legion, according to Roman soldier uh, typology, is uh, 12,000 angels. And so, uh, let me see if I got all these figures right. Whatever, I don't even know if I I got everything jumbled. 72,000 angels he could have called. 72,000 angels. Let me tell you something, if one angel, and by the way, there are angels in this place. Whenever we gather together, angels gather together. Bible tells us that, you know what thing about angels? Angels don't know something that you know. You know what that is? They don't know about the mercy of God. They haven't experienced what we've experienced. Angels come in here and they are amazed that people like you and I have such a relationship with him that he would call us his children when they are not called his children. Angels come in here. They walk among God's people. They are ministering spirits sent forth to minister. They look at us with, we think angels are great. They look at us with awe. These are the children of God. These are his sons and daughters. Fix this thing, hang on a second. Is that better? Praise God. 72,000 angels would have come to his his aid if he'd have but called on them, but he would not because instead of looking at 72,000 angels saying, come and rescue me, he looked at you and said, I will come and rescue you. When the going got tough, Jesus stayed. Why? Because he was all in. Everyone say all in. He was all in. If there's any way this cup could pass from me, let it pass. Nevertheless, I am all in. Not my will, but thine be done. I want to be all in. When the tough, when the goings gets tough, the tough don't get going, they stay. 
And I have seen many come and I have seen many go. I have seen many come through the doors looking for God. I have seen many walk out the doors because the going got tough. I have seen life get tough. I have seen difficulties come. I have seen hardships come. I have seen battles between people. I have seen struggles between families. And I have seen people come to God and I have seen people walk away from God. I'm here to tell you, he was all in when he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I'm here to tell you today, I am all in. No matter what comes my way, I will serve the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. The songwriter wrote and said, I shall not be moved. Like the tree planted by the rivers of water, I shall not be moved. Don't you let trials drive you away from God. Don't you let broken home drive you away from God. Don't you let financial problems drive you away from God. Don't you let sickness drive you away from God. Don't you let disappointment from others drive you away from God. I shall not be moved. I am all in. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's my New Year's message. If I don't like it, I'm all in. If it's painful, but it's the will of God, I'm all in. If he wants my time, I'm all in. If he wants my talent, I'm all in. If he wants my treasure, I'm all in. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 tells us that this, this is, I'm just throwing this one in here because this seems to be the biggest problem we all have, right? Money. How many of you got, I won't ask you to raise your hand. <laughs> How many of you got financial problems? <laughs> don't raise your hand. How many of you don't know how you're going to make ends meet? We've been there. Mama, what you don't know is we are there. I I keep here in the dark. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. I have seen too many. When the going gets tough, they go looking for a better way, a quicker way, an easier way. And I stand here to tell you today, I'm not going anywhere. When the budget is tight, I will still tithe and give offering. When the heart is discouraged, I will still praise him according to his excellent greatness. You know, I woke up the other morning downstairs, stood at my kitchen sink. I was making a cup of coffee, got a coffee machine right next to the sink. And I was standing there, and I looked out the window, and I don't know why I've never, I have, how long have we been here, 12 years? This is the first time I've experienced this in my kitchen. I was making, maybe I was just at the exact right time, I don't know, but I put my cup of coffee under the thing, and it was making, I looked out the window, and there was the sun coming up, shining right in my eyes. And instead of saying, man, it's so bright this morning, stinking sun. Just had to be right there right now to blind me while I'm trying to make a cup of coffee and my eyes aren't even open. I could have done that. 
It's not what I did. What do you think I did, Bruce? I threw my hands up and I said, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. I didn't know what the day was going to hold. I didn't know what problems might come my way. I didn't know what might break down. I didn't know what sicknesses might come. I didn't know what troubles might come. But I did know this one thing. From the rising of that sun until it goes down over there, I will be praising his name because I am all in. Hallelujah. If I don't like it, I'm all in. If it's painful, but it's the will of God, I'm all in. If he wants my time, I'm all in. If he wants my talent, I'm all in. If he wants my treasure, I'm all in. Keep yourselves, Hebrews tells us, from the love of money. That's probably the biggest problem we have in America. Not everywhere, but America. The love of money. These, these oh, don't get me going on these stinking preachers that preach this prosperity message and the only one prospering is them. Give and God will bless you. Seed money, they call it. Baloney. The only seed money it is is yours. You don't give to get. You give because you already got Bruce, if I put $10 in that offering plate, it's not because I want 100 It's because I already got 100 and I'm putting a tithe in. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Hallelujah. If he wants my time, I'll give it. If he wants my talent, what a little bit I have, I'll give it. If he wants my treasure, take it all, Lord. Take it all because he will never leave me destitute. If I keep God first, he will always know where I am. Sometimes I don't know where I am. Sometimes I'm just flat lost because I went wandering away following my own thoughts. Did you ever do that? I saw a picture the other day, and I downloaded it, saved it to my phone. One day I'm going to put it up on the screen here. It was a little sheep in the woods by itself. And in the background, kind of blurred because it was in the distance, you could see Jesus running after it. And I thought, isn't that the way it is? I think I can manipulate him. I think if I give this, he'll give me that. I think I can tell him how to run things. I'm going to give $10, Lord, because I need 100 If you need 100 he'll give it to you. And then you give 10 because he gave you 100 If he didn't give it to you, you don't need it. Just trust him. I've seen him solve my problems in ways that I didn't even know existed. Don't forget that. When you've got a problem you're facing and you think you figured out how this thing can get fixed, God knows a way ten times greater than that. Trust him. Let's wrap this up, shall we? Let's get all in. Let's all of us get all in. What do you mean all in? Well, let's volunteer our time. This year. 
there's cleaning to do, there's maintenance to do, there's music if you're talented, there's all kinds of things to volunteer, give your tithe, pray, fast, support your lead ministry. If Sister Naomi needs you here for housekeeping on a particular off day, tell her, hey, I'm, I'm available. Support your ministry director, support your ministry partner. You show up to clean the building and someone else is here that you don't normally talk to. Get to know them. And I, will, I do want to tell you this, though, because it sounds like a reprimand. It's not a reprimand because in 40-plus years of ministering at Maranatha Ministries, Mama Frank and I have never seen a time when there was such unity in the church as there is right now. But that ain't time to get going. That's the time to stay and make it stronger. That ain't the time to say, I got my own ideas, my own way that I think this should be done. That's the time to really let's get going. Amen. Can you say amen? Let's take it to the next level. Let's get on board. And I read this statement. And I'm going to wrap this up. It's by F.M. Alexander. You guys know him? I don't either. I just, he's, his name is on it. People do not decide their futures. He said they decide their habits, and then their habits decide their futures. My habit is to pray every day. My habit is to fast every week. My habit is to read my Bible every day and study. And those habits, and those are just a few of them, but those habits start dictating what my future will be. Decide your habits. Make sure they're good. Make sure you're all in with Jesus. And those habits will begin to decide your future. And I close with James chapter 1, verse 22, and verse, through verse 24. Listen to what James said. He said, you be doers of the word, not hearers only. Don't come here and hear a good statement. Wow, all in. That was good, wasn't it? Do it. Be a doer of the word. Don't be a hearer only deceiving yourself. Because if anyone hears the word and doesn't do it, he's like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and he goes away and forgets what he was like. And I can look around here today and see a bunch of good-looking faces. And so I can guarantee every one of you, especially these beautiful ladies up here, every one of you looked in the mirror this morning. Right? Did you get out of bed, co, and just throw something on come to church? No. What do you do when you look in the mirror? What are you looking in the mirror for, really? When was the last time you looked in a mirror to see how good-looking you are? Man, I just got to see myself one more time. I am so good-looking. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't care how good-looking you are. When you look in the mirror, it's to find out what's wrong. 
Do I look okay? I even got to get a handheld one to do one of these. Is the little bit I got in the back straight? I go overtime, double mirrors. When you open your Bible, it's to find out where you need to improve. What is this book trying to tell me? Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Use it like a mirror. Look into it. Do I, do I match up to that? Because if I don't, I need to work on that. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.